Welcome to Money Talk with Tiff, a podcast where we discuss everything money from tips and tricks to current events. Follow me on my journey to become debt-free and meet other cool people along the way. I am your host, Tiffany Grant. Now let's talk money. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. So today I have Jocelyn on the line, and she's a home buying consultant and podcaster with a personal mission to help 50 people purchase their home within the next 365 days. That is a big feat. (laughs) But she has her platform because she knows how overwhelming the process can be, and so she wants to help people through it. Um, she also has paid off $70,000 of debt in about one and a half years. So we'll be talking about all things real estate investing, as well as how that debt payoff happened. (laughs) So thank Mm -hmm. you so much, Jocelyn, for joining me today. Thank you. I'm so excited for this conversation. Absolutely. What made you decide to get into real estate investing? Um, well, what really inspired me was just sort of attempting to do it the first go around myself. So like every person or not every, but like most Americans, like we all sort of follow the same path, like, you know, go to school, get a degree, get married, buy a house. Like I was like, okay, well, like I'm going to do my best with that. And, you know, I was like, you know, at a good place in my life, like late twenties, you know, I had a good job, like the income was coming in. And of course, like I still had the student loan debt, which you just mentioned, but I just felt like overall my financial landscape was ready for a home. And, you know, it's not as easy as most people say, like I, I was one of them. I was like, oh, okay. Like, well, you know, I'm turning whatever age and, you know, now it's time for me to transition from renting to owning. And it's so much more that happens in between that. So like, I didn't learn that just by like watching someone else do it. Like I did it myself. So as I was like going through the process with my agent and my lender, like I came across like so many issues with just trying to compete, like in the market that I was living in, which was Maryland at the time. And it's right outside of DC and it's just getting more expensive and expensive by the, by the date. So like my debt, um, and I want to say honestly, like my debt to income ratio, but the main debt that I was carrying was my student loans was really holding me back from high, from having like a higher pre- pre-approval amount, as well as a higher debt to income ratio, which is typically like good to stay within below 36%, but mine was way above that. And I thought that my income would allow me to kind of not have those issues, but they still did because if I was able to get rid of the debt that I had, which again was mainly student loans, I'd be able to qualify for a lot more in my pre-approval and qualify for more homes in the area that I wanted to live in. So basically like after just putting in offers and just losing money along the way, like my earnest money deposits, for example, I was like, okay, like this is something I need to sit and think about because I can just keep putting in these offers and not, you know, getting any like positive responses or like I can actually take the time to get my finances together, even though personally, like I said, I thought they would be together. Like I already had made this plan. I had my savings, like I had all my W-2s, like everything was good except for that debt. And I was like, okay, like I don't want to settle for whatever's just out there based on what I'm pre-approved for. Like I know what I want. And I I also don't want to be, you know, house poor, as people say, like, I want to be able to comfortably afford all the additional expenses that I'll have to cover as a homeowner. So that's what really, like, 
encouraged me to like, A, like pay off my debt. And I'm, it's not required. Like people always ask me, do you have to pay off all your debt? No, you don't. But you know, it's a good idea for you to get to a good amount that you can manage because like I just said, you're going to have even more expenses than you do now, like as a renter. So for me, I just didn't want that to be any, I didn't, I didn't want that to be my issue again, that, that, you know, the next go around. So I just took that time, you know, I took about, I gave myself two years to pay um, my student loan debt off. Um, and I paid it off in a year and a half. But in that time, I actually learned so much about real estate investing, um, which sort of piqued my interest into some of the things that I could do now before I even purchased the home. Um, and then I just really learned more about how to build wealth. And there's other ways to do it besides real estate. But, you know, based on my knowledge and just the time that I took to really educate myself, most millionaires have real estate in their portfolio, amongst other things. So for me, I don't want to work forever. <laughs> you know, I want my assets to fund my lifestyle. So I just kind of use that experience to to learn um, and to make myself more competitive for the next go around. And thankfully, it worked in my favor. And like I said, I paid everything off. And now I just, I'm in a really good place. And so I just realized that the, the things that I learned and the things that I was able to discuss with family and friends are things that people were talking about on a day-to-day -day perspective. Like people feel mm -hmm. like you just have to rent forever and you don't. Like right. sometimes it works out in your favor to be a homeowner over a renter. It depends on obviously what your goals are and where you are in your life, of course. But for me, it's just like, I want something that I, that will grow and appreciate over mm -hmm. time. And that's what real estate for the most part does, unless you end up like in a bad deal. Like I said, like, I understand that I've lost money already, but <laughs> you know, if you manage it right and you have the right knowledge, typically it'll work out in your favor. And it's again, something you can pass down from generation to generation. Exactly. So, yeah. so, so you hit on so many different points there. So I want to go back a little bit. So okay. um, you were saying that when you went through your home buying process, you know, you didn't know how much of a process it was going to be. And so I can echo that. Um, when I bought my house, what, three years ago now, when I was 26, I did not know how much of a process the whole thing was. I mean, yes. it gets very in-depth. And the thing about about it is a lot of times in our community, we don't have somebody to tell us how that whole process goes. Mm -hmm. And so it's up to us to figure it out. And yeah, we have to stumble along the way, but our hope and what you have done is that you can teach somebody else um, what you went through. So that way they don't have to go through the same mistakes. So um, we may hit on that a little bit more later, but I wanna go to your next point. When you said, um, you said you had debt, but you thought that you made enough to where it didn't matter. I just wanted to <laughs> highlight that because yeah. a lot of people think that they can out earn mm -hmm. their bad spending habits or out earn their debt. And you really can't. Um, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much you make. It's really how you manage it. So I have, I used to work at a financial firm. And there were people there that made, um, you know, let's say a hundred thousand a year, because this was all millionaires or whatever. But on the low end, like a hundred thousand a year, and there were people that made five hundred thousand a year, right? Mm -hmm. 
The only difference between those two demographics is how they manage their money. For instance, there was a couple that made $500,000 a year. They're withdrawing from their investments um, $10,000, $20,000 a month. When you're going through money like that, it's not going to last. There there were couples only making a hundred thousand a year and with them, they were very frugal, very on point with their money. They knew what was coming in, what was going out. They had more in their investments than the person making 500,000 a year. So I wanted to just drive that point home because people are like, Oh, if I only made more, if I only made more and you'll never be satisfied because you're Oh, if you always have that mindset, that's how it's going to be. I will tell you, if you do something as simple as budgeting, mm-hmm. you will give yourself a raise. <laughs> I can guarantee it. So true. I can so true. It. Right. And then the last point that you hit on <laughs> that I wanted to go over because you said a mouthful. So I just wanted to reiterate these points um, was to diversify your portfolio. So yes, it is fine and dandy um, to be in stocks, bonds, things like that. That's awesome. Or, you know, if you like to invest in businesses, whatever it is that you have, right. Diversify at the end of the day. So what I want to talk about there is um, REITs. So mm-hmm. REITs are real estate investment trusts, right? And I've mm-hmm. talked about this on my blog and, you know, my Wednesday words of the week, but let's dig a little deeper into those. Um, if you want to go ahead and get us started and then I'll just, I'll butt in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So in the midst of me, you know, aggressively paying off my debt and, you know, changing my whole lifestyle, like I mentioned before, like, I got really interested in like how I can make money now in any way that I can kind of get started with real estate investing without like fully owning a property is, is something that I really took an interest in. Cause like I said, you know, property, if managed right, appreciates over time. And obviously it's also income producing. So that's what really um, sparked my interest in REITs when I found out that, um, I mean, REITs, real estate investment trust for those that don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, when I found out that they requ- they are required to pay 90% of their revenue to their investors, I said, well, where do I sign up? Because mm-hmm. I need that money right now. And obviously I was still working and I had other things going on. Like I did consulting on the side as well, but I was like, this is passive income, which means that I don't have to trade my time for money to do it. So, you know, obviously like no one else around me was really, they didn't really invest in REIT. So like, of course, like I asked, but I, I had to like, pay for the knowledge, you know, and then eventually I came across um, like public REITs, like the Vanguards and, you know, Digital Realty Trust, but really where I've gained the most like dividends and like returns on my investments has been through Fundrise. And I feel like Fundrise is, um, I guess to explain it, it's an online investing platform um, that kind of takes the guesswork out of like reading all these, you know, income sheets and doing this research on like you know, which platform to start with, like, it's really an all, like, one-stop shop place where, like, everything you need to know about a company, you can find there. Um, And then you actually kind of recognize some of these properties that you're investing in. So that's where I started. Um, I now have both. Like, I'm I'm investing, you know, via the Webulls and Robinhoods. But Fundrise, I feel like, is what I recommend to people that now ask me, like, how do I get started? Like, 
if you want something that makes sense and for you to kind of learn the base knowledge understanding of what's happening like I always recommend something that provides all of that for you and then over time like you'll get comfortable like I did to invest again like I said with some of these other um online broker brokerage broker I always struggle saying that brokerages, brokerages. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah like I always like everybody like even my aunt like you know, it, it operates the same way. Like it's equity and it's also like income. So for her, she's older than me and she's like, okay, well, like I don't really need the equity. Like I've done my full out real estate investing. Like I want something that's passive. So for her, like she's focused on like equity based REITs versus, I'm sorry, not equity, the income based REITs versus the equity as I'm focused on the equity right now versus mm -hmm. the income based ones, because I'm not looking to retire. I mean, unless God says otherwise, like I don't plan on retiring anytime soon, anytime soon. So basically my, my portfolio was very balanced. Um, and like I said, the biggest draw that I want to emphasize is that 90% of what they generate in revenue goes to you. Obviously not all of that 90%. It depends on what you're investing in, like how the REITs performing. Um, but since I've started investing, which has been a little over a year and a half ago, like I've generated dividends quarterly, which is how, um, I receive my money and it goes straight to my bank account. And then people are like, well, how's the tax situation? It's like, unless you sell your stock, like you don't have to worry about that. And that's just been my experience. I'm not an investment advisor. I want to put that out there. <laughs> I only speak on what I know and what I've experienced. And you know, that's why I recommend those two routes, you know, and if you really just don't have the baseline understanding, like I didn't, you know, I was like, I just need something that I will, invest my money based on my goals. And that's what Fundrise did. And then of course, like I said, over time, I became confident and knowledgeable. And then I started investing in some of the other public REITs. Right. So here's the thing though. And I want to make sure I put this disclaimer out there because I have ran into issues where people wanted to get out of REITs and they couldn't. Mm -hmm. um, because with REITs, if they're private, like on the private market, right? Um, you have to have a buyer for your shares before you can get out. And sometimes that can be um, kind of difficult. So I just wanted to put that word of caution out there for the listeners. Yes. Um, you know, it doesn't happen all the time, but it can happen. And so I just want to put that out there. Now, you can invest in REITs on the regular market. Like you were saying, you know, mm -hmm. you can invest in them as part of like the mutual fund type strategy. They have REITs available for that. Um, and that's usually what I do. Um, so I am usually on the market. But there's another way that you can invest in real estate. And that's locally, right? <laughs> um, so if you wanted to go into that just a little bit, so, you know, yes, you can go buy a home and you can rent it out or you can buy and flip and things like that, but you can also pool money with other people. Yes. Yes. And so, that's the route that I'm also interested in. Right. So, yeah. I'm so, happy to speak to, all right, you want me to speak to my experience? With yeah, that? absolutely. Okay. Uh -huh. okay. So um, I am all for ways to, you know, flip my money legally. <laughs> and like you just mentioned, like there's way for you, ways for you to do, you know, real estate investing on the market via public and like Fundrise, like I mentioned. But I've also really have been seeing a lot more people invest, like you just said, locally 
with, you know, a developer, um, you know, or someone who is looking to buy some land and, and build on it. And that's something that I'm actually doing. So I'm, I'm based in Houston. Um, and there is a local developer here by the name of Chris Senegal. And he has been um, building, you know, blocks, as we say, like for over like 10 years across Texas and Louisiana, which is where he's originally from. And so he has a whole initiative on basically revitalizing Fifth Ward, which is a historically black um, neighborhood. And being that he sort of has, has ties and understands the whole experience, he knows that money is required to actually like redevelop some of these areas that, you know, are being sold for dirt cheap because people can no longer afford these properties and gentrification is hitting. So his goal is basically to combat gentrification with allowing, you know, local investors to, you know, gain some dividends based off him revitalizing this area and rebuilding and getting tenants in there that are, you know, natives and people that aren't coming here with all this cash because they can afford to buy it. So the goal is for him to keep the people that are living there, living there or people that are natives that want to buy. And I, I completely relate to that being that I'm from California and California is stupid high right now. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't always like that. So he has a whole initiative, which is like community crowdfunding, community investing, and you can invest at levels that you can afford. So like the lowest I think was around like $100. And you know, if you're working and you manage your money, right? Like you spend that on other stuff that's not even generating return on your investment. Um, but then he also has levels within the thousands. And based on that, you get shares and, you know, as people move in and they pay their income, you know, you get a percentage of that. So that's one initiative that I know of. And I know of similar initiatives um, in Maryland, which is where I used to live. And I also know of someone doing something similar in Los Angeles. So you just kind of have to know what's going on and pay attention and be willing to talk to people because I wouldn't have known about that if I didn't talk to another friend who's very much interested in real estate and she shared it with me. So of course, do your knowledge. Like I just didn't say, oh, she's doing it. Let me do it too. Like, you you know, mm -hmm. all of this information for the most part is public. And if, if you have a, you know, intuition that's saying something about this isn't right, don't do it. But you know, with investments, you know, everything is a risk, like nothing is a guarantee. So there is an opportunity for me, you know, to not receive the return that I, you know, put in. But like I said, you have to kind of pay to play when it comes to investing, but Absolutely. you know, invest knowledgeably, knowledgeably. So, exactly. you know, talk to people, do your research. Um, and don't just go into it blindly because someone else told you to do it exactly preach <laughs> preach 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 and so like that's something that I have always wanted to do even before I started um you know the whole money talk with tiff thing and this that, and the other I wanted to figure out a way to pull people together and practice group economics community economics and buy properties in our communities and then reap the benefits of it. And so, yes. um, and, and also it's important to note, there are tax breaks available for stuff like that. Um, yes, if there you are. Invest, I'm so glad you said that. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> because it's important and I need people to yes. understand, like I've talked about it before, but if you invest in places called quote unquote opportunity zones, mm -hmm. um, there's tax breaks for that. So not only are you buying 
buildings and stuff in your community in order to keep it in your community, but there's also tax breaks available. And that's why there's a lot of gentrification Mm -hmm. because people have people outside of the community have figured this out already. And so they're coming in and they're like, Ooh, we get to develop this and do this and do this. And we get tax breaks. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so Our community needs to gain more knowledge. And that's why we're having this conversation right now is to put the knowledge out there. Like, look, this is how it's being done. And this is how we can do it too. Yes, absolutely. That is so true. And I mean, I just know so many people who just try to aim to do it on their own. And it's just like, you underestimate the power of like coming together and pooling money together. Like this is literally how our ancestors purchased property. Like this isn't something new, you know, and people are are seeing the value in our neighborhoods before we do. And like you said, like they're coming in with the knowledge to, you know, make money off the money they're putting in. So that's why I'm so passionate about it. Um, And yeah, like, I mean, like I said, a good investment will set you up for success, but you know, you have to be willing to align with the right people um, and, and do your research, you know? So I love that you said that there are so many tax breaks and you know, you don't know what these future, you know, properties are gonna, you know, value for in the future. Like you see, you don't see much now when you see it, but like, think about what's get what's coming to that area. Is it gonna be new transportation? Is it gonna be some new stadium? Like all that's gonna benefit you in the future, so. So important. Exactly. And, you know, I'm glad you brought up again the whole partnership thing and um, getting with other people because I was watching a webinar just Friday. Um, there's a website called Bigger Pockets. It's for yep. real estate investing. You know, they have a lot of knowledge there. They have webinars yes. almost every day. Um, yes. I can't keep up. But, <laughs> <Me> um, <laughs> but I was watching one Friday and the guy was saying how, you know, right now he's like a multi-million dollar investor in real estate and things like that. He has thousands of properties, but he said he got his first property flip because like he didn't pay anything down right Mm -hmm. he got with somebody else that had the money Mm -hmm. he had the know-how and he had the connections and so his first property was a piece of land with three houses on it at the end of it he was like he didn't really make much but it was a it gave him the ability to get his next one and his next one and his next one. And so his point was, look, partner with other people, um, even at the smaller level. Um, So let's say for instance, you and your closest family and friends, you know, right now, the whole susu flower thing Mm -hmm. is really big. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just blowing up. Like I'm tired of people (laughs) asking me about it. I just made it it on my personal Facebook. But, um, (laughs) But you can take that concept and practically buy back the block. Like if everybody puts in $500, let's say, and you create a LLC or a partnership or a corporation, however you want to form it, you can make your own susu flower, whatever you want to call it. And not only is everybody going to benefit if the deal is good, but also 
you are helping your community. And mm-hmm. so that's what I'm trying to get people to understand. And that was kind of like in my Facebook post um, was that, yes, this is a great concept. Community economics works. It's been done for that. Well, I don't know about thousands, but at least <laughs> hundreds of years. Yeah. And so, yeah, we should be doing it, but let's do it smart. Yes. Let's do it in a way that will pay us dividends way down the line outside of this every month, you know, maybe get, what is the payout? Like 3,500 if you pay 500, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, um, But let's think about how we can use these dollars that we're so willing to buy into these, um, you know, SUSU opportunities or MLMs or, um, you know, whatever it is out there that's new and great and different. Um, Let's see how we can use that money and re-inject it into our local community. Yes. And so this, what we're talking about today, is a way that you can do that. And I can guarantee you that there is somebody else that's thinking this exact same thing. It may be another Money Talk with Tiff listener or another Jocelyn follower or whomever, (laughs) but people are thinking about this. And it's your job to find these same like-minded individuals and go in on some property, y'all. Like, I'm telling you, when when I was working at that firm, a lot of those people got their wealth because they had property that was handed down from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what you need to be doing. One of the things, but this is what you need to be doing. It's so important. So, um, Jocelyn, really quick, let's hit on this debt payoff. <laughs> <laughs> because I know my audience is probably like, dang, 70000 in like yeah. one and a half years. How did you do it? I gave up my lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> Long story I don't short. really have, yeah, I mean, that's it. So, I mean, I was living on my own, like away from home. I want to say I was living my best life. And I, was, I lived modestly. Like, I mean, I wasn't in a high rise and I didn't have all these you know, Gucci bags and stuff. Like for me, that that's not worth it for me. But I did travel a lot. Like I went to brunch. Like I was ex- I was seeking experiences. That's where my money went. And I, I feel like those are valuable. But I also know when I would, you know, do my budgets and my spending plans, I'm like, wow, you spent a lot on brunch this month. <laughs> like that could have went somewhere else. So, you know, like I said, going through that whole home buying process, um, and failing, I'd say, even though that's not a negative thing, you know, I was able to fail forward. And I really understood that if I like utilized the money that I was making in a better way, like I could, I could have gotten rid of this debt, you know, but that required me giving up my lifestyle. So I got rid of that apartment. Like I moved back home with my mom and, you know, obviously that's not a full rent payment. She still paid. I still had to pay her rent. I still don't understand to this day. It's like, I'm your child. Like, why do I have to pay you? This doesn't You're make building sense. character. You're building that's what she said. She's like, you know, you don't value the things that you don't pay for. I was like, whatever. So it was only a fraction of what I was paying on my own, of course. And then just really getting creative with income that came in. So I had my full-time job, but I also did consulting on the side. And I also started finding other ways to invest passively. So that's really where my, I was doing a little bit of investing, you know, on these little online platforms, but I got really serious about it and hired a financial planner to help me 
not only plan for the current, but plan for the future in my retirement. So like he was able to kind of introduce me to things that I should be looking in. And it made sense because this is something that he's like licensed to do. So of course I still did my own research, but I did get, you know, I got more confident with like investing and that's where my reach journey started. And that's where, you know, really getting set with ETF started for me. And I just built from there. So like I had multiple streams happening at once. And so really if I decided not to pay them off, that was my fault. And, you know, like I said, I gave myself two years to do it, you know, cause I had gave up my lifestyle and I missed it so much. I was eager to get back to it. But I also learned so much along the way about like how average millionaires move and like how people really build wealth that will last from generations to generations. And so I also like, I don't have children, but I have a godson. And so like, I also set up a re it wasn't a retirement plan, like, but it wasn't the five, two nines that people know about. So it's a standard like in that I started on his behalf. And it's funny, we just talked about community investing, like all of our immediate family are investing into that fund. It's not just me, even though I brought the idea to the family. It's like, hey, like your parents, y'all need to be investing in this too. Like he's my godson, but this is your, your son's future. And so they got it, obviously. And we invest like $20. Like it's not even a huge amount because he's only four. And I know that it's going to compound, excuse me, over time. So it wasn't about just me like setting myself up, but like now these are conversations that we have on the regular. And that's really what I'm thankful for that opportunity, you know, for like, A, like I was able to pay off my debt, which is great, but it's also like I changed my mindset around money. And as a result of me doing the work, like people are closest to me are also seeing how I've made changes and now they're thinking about how they can replicate that. So exactly. Yeah. So what you're probably referring to is a UTMA account. So it's like an investment account for people that are under the age of majority in your state. So whether that's 18, 21, whatever, and you can invest on their behalf. So just a little educational opportunity for the listeners. And then I wanted to point out, you said you got a financial planner. Yes, yes, yes. So that's (laughs) what I do as like my day job. That's what Money Talk with Tiff is. I'm a financial coach and a financial planner. And so for me, I'm like, guys, it doesn't matter how much you make right now or what you're doing with your money or whatever. There's always a way to improve. And so as financial planners, we spend a lot of our time researching how to improve wherever you are. And so highly, highly, highly recommend if you don't know one, you know one now. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But but, I'm so thankful I did it. And I'm so thankful you you touched on feeling like you're not ready for one because that's what held me back. Like I've known of them for years but it's just like well I don't have much for you to manage <laughs> but he was like you know that's the point because you exactly. probably do and you don't think about how your money is is being spent right now and how these current spending habits will impact you in the future so mm-hmm. I also I mean yeah like you all just said like hire to clearly because <laughs> this stuff helps and you learn your your mindset changes like yes like you improve your money but like the biggest thing that I get from him because I still like work with him like Mm -hmm. we still have our check-ins like it's my mindset and like what's possible you know like thankfully like I come from a middle class it's not that I grew up struggling but like the things that he and I discussed like I would have probably never discussed or like it would have been years you know so Mm -hmm. it's just important to 
hire people who are smarter than you. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Yeah, that's basically it. You know, they're trained to do this. So why would you continue to struggle year after year when they can literally help you get it together within months? And that's what he did for me. Exactly. And I did not pay her to say that. No, I'm just kidding. No. But seriously, though, y'all, even if it's not me, please find somebody um, that's a financial planner or a financial coach that can help you through these things. This is what we do. So yes. thank you so much, Jocelyn. <laughs> this was awesome. So if people thank were you. interested in your podcast or just learning more about you, where can they find you? Yes. So I am... Um, available online. So my my podcast is called Real Estate Prep, which is geared towards first-time homebuyers um, that want to confidently purchase their first home. So of course, you all heard a little bit about my story now, but I also have experts because again, I really believe in working with people that are smarter than you, you know, so I have inspectors, appraisers, I have agents come in to tell their, you know, I don't want to say secrets, but like really just give you the game from an objective perspective so that you're confident when you're going on that inspection, you're confident on what the earnest money deposit is because that was a shock to me. It's like, why do I have to give you money before I even get the house? Mm -hmm. And so I had to kind of learn that, you know. Um, So that is my podcast. It comes out every Wednesday. I call it Wealth Wednesdays. Um, And adjacent to that is my website. Um, I have a lot of free resources for aspiring home buyers, again, based on my own journey, which is realestateprepod.com. And then my Instagram is also realestateprepod.com. Pod. So I'm real estate prep pod everywhere. <laughs> yes. All you need to um, all you need to remember is real estate prep pod. Go follow yes. Jocelyn <laughs> everywhere. She's awesome. And I hope you enjoyed this knowledge because I mean she dropped so many gems. So thank you again and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you as well. And make sure you guys hire Tiffany. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. For free resources and materials, head over to moneytalkwitht.com. And while you're there, why not sign up for our newsletter so you'll never miss an episode. Talk to you soon.